My name is Phil Mendoza, and this is a championship bow hunting podcast fueled by Mountain Ops. Join me and my guests as we give you bow hunting tips to take your preparation to the next level. Welcome back to the Championship Bow Hunting Podcast. Uh, coming at you tonight with a couple more guests and soon to be regular contributors to the podcast. Uh, tonight I've got with me Braden Forsyth and Grant Gladson. Uh, w- welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having us, Phil. Thanks for having us. Good to see everybody or talk to everybody. Yeah, for sure. You know, we we just got done with uh, a Wednesday night seminar here at the shop and you know we were breaking down quite a few different things but uh gear was one of them we talked about that aaron aaron and colton frank had talked about a little bit uh and, and that's really what i want to talk about tonight is you know we had started the subject about the timeline and getting ready for the season and uh, you know just leaning on other bow hunters to help uh you know, just learn from other bow hunter experiences and and mistakes and and try to eliminate making some of those mistakes ourselves and you know i'll start with you grant i mean you you work down at one shot gear you you're you're working with gear all year and this is prime time because you've just got a lot of the new stuff in the, the the new uh the new hotness right the new sexy stuff that's that everybody's wanting to get their hands on and you guys are starting to get that on the shelves but let's talk a little bit more about again the timeline as far as being able to test some of that gear and put it to use ahead of time in a scouting situation or, or even camping, man. I mean, talk a little bit about how important that is. So for me, as soon as we can start getting out to where we're fishing, um, backpacking, scouting, just an excuse to put a backpack on and get into the backcountry, uh, we start doing it. And I, this is a, a really important time for us um not just for for scouting figuring out what we're going to be doing in in september but for gear so if you decide you want to get a new jacket you want to get you know some new rain gear puffy jacket base layer um if you don't use that until you're actually out hunting in september you don't learn the hard way that it doesn't work for you uh, until your hunt is actually on the line so for me um, this next month or two, you know, June through August, uh, depending on what you're hunting, is the time that you need to get out, uh, run everything through your tests. And if you're if you go three months and you've used one thing zero times and you've never had a situation you need it, you know that you can probably cut that out. You know, unless it's it's something like safety gear and you didn't cut your hand off, then you, know, you still want to keep that around. But for the most part, you can narrow down unnecessary gear uh, and start working through it. Uh, it it all depends we all have different holes in different ways you know there's out of 10 guys that come in looking to build their clothing system up each one has different holes to fill yeah and like you said certain necessities you don't want to lose because rain gear is a, is a good example right you, you may not be able to test that you get lucky because you don't have rain yeah but but like still something i wouldn't leave in the event that uh, you know Braden and I and, and Aaron were sheep hunting last year, some of the rain gear that that we used, um, needless to say, it, 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 and me specifically, I think Aaron, you know, had a, a similar issue with just uh, with the jacket. It left a little bit to be desired with with uh, the quality of the gear, and and you know, it's one of those things. We were hunting early enough in the season. I mean, starting at the beginning of August that that's when some of that stuff was tested because that's when we got it 
Yeah. But for September, those mistakes weren't made anymore because we had tested it early enough in the season. It didn't really affect us, uh, you know, too bad. But it's important to get out there and try it. Just, just like anything else, as bow hunters, you know, you're not going to switch arrows on a bow, you know, the day before a season and assume all things are going to go well. Exactly. So when you're talking about building a, a kit, a, a clothing system, you know, you're talking about spending a few dollars and, and hopefully you're getting better equipment and you know, better gear because being able to stay comfortable on the mountain, being able to stay safe on the mountain, stay warm, uh, means a difference between potentially tagging out or not tagging out. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the reality of it is, is is we have a very short time period to hunt. We look forward <laughs> to it all year long. We, we If you're like me, you dream about it in February and you you know you're trying to find ways to hunt but that September then end of August September is kind of especially for us in Colorado is kind of our prime time for our tree season and we get that limited time to hunt and to get out there and have a piece of equipment that you get fail on you or not work for you um, it may not be catastrophic to the point of you know injury or, or, or death but it could get you off the mountain and that eliminates hunting days that we have very few of because most of us have regular jobs and we only get a certain amount of time to get out in the mountain and hunt so you're trying to savor those days and savor not having to worry about your gear when you're out there um, to make it as efficient as possible trying to get an animal on the ground or trying to get multiple animals on the ground and fill your freezer or do whatever you're doing it for but you have that limited time you got to take advantage of it and using this time now to work out those mistakes or those errors or or getting your stuff dialed in gives you more confidence going into September that hey I don't have to worry about my shelter system because I know I've got that down rain whatever elements hit um I've got my shelter system figured out. I've got my food system figured out. I've got my clothing system figured out. Everything is figured out ahead of time. So you don't have to worry about that. You worry about like what you guys touched on with Caleb and Brandon yesterday. You know, your bow's ready to go. You don't have to worry about that either if you if you're doing it right. You're you're going out there and you're worrying about what that elk what the elk are doing, how they're behaving. You're worrying about where those deer are. You're worried about whatever you're hunting. That's what you're worried about. You're not worried about the stuff you're carrying in your hand, and that gives you supreme confidence out there in the uh, in the woods. Yeah, and that's and a hundred percent because you know in my situation, I'd love to be out scouting every other weekend and and learning new areas and you know and, and I can't with with having the shop. I mean, our busy time is July and August. That that's yeah, peak season, right? Grant, exactly. Grant, you're in the same boat. So any chance you get out to go out and, and test something you're doing it or you know the our kind of inner circle that i would call it between guys like Braden and colton and frank and aaron and you know guys like that, that that are getting out regularly we lean on those guys for advice a lot of times because maybe they've had a mishap with something and okay yeah well we know don't go down that same road but speaking of that so let's talk a little bit of i mean Grant, you're in a pretty unique situation at one shot you guys sell kafaro products you also sell you know hilleberg and and, and you know uh, First Light and Sitka and, and a lot of specialty lines but but let's get specifically into the early season hunting archery season and and shelters you know Braden you mentioned shelters and having a system that you're comfortable with and you're confident in Grant I know you go out and you try to test a few things any chance you can <clears throat> so that way you can speak from experience when you're when you're selling something right 
So what's your take on a floorless shelter to like a, a floor or a tent style shelter and what's your preference for early season? So this is extremely subjective. <laughs> Just like boots. You know, I mean, it's, it's, That's, we it's, all have different things that we prefer. Right. We have different comforts. We have different, um, you know, some of us are more worried about weight and don't care as much about comfort. Some of us are willing to carry a little more for comfort and, you know, aren't quite as worried about weight. Um, for me, I have just always used and been the most comfortable, especially early season, um, with tents and, and with a, a high quality tent, specifically in like a Hillebert. Why we carry those is because they're well made tents. The same way, like when you put Sitka on, you know, you put First Light on, it's, it's designed for hunting, it's designed for, for that application. Hillebergs are made to be um, very space efficient, very volume efficient. Um, one of the, my favorite parts about Hillebergs is their double wall shelters. So what that does is you have your inner tent and you have your outer tent. And what's nice about Hillebergs, most tents you pitch, you'll pitch your tent and then you'll pitch your rain fly on top of it. But you don't have that much of a gap between the two. So the condensation can get from the rain fly to your inner tent pretty easily. With a Hillebergs, you have a you know, three to four inch gap roughly. And when you pitch that tent, it's all, it all pitches at once. So you can go freestanding or... or uh, or a tension style tent which requires tension on both sides and the poles are just hoops across it you get a lot more volume for your weight that way um, but you don't get some of the structure advantages that come with a freestanding tent where the poles actually cross uh, you know if you're in an area where the ground's really rocky you can't get stakes in the ground you want a freestanding tent um, because that way you can just throw poles in and throw the tent out and you have a structure you have what you need to sleep in to, to get shelter from rain all that um, I run tension tents because where I camp, where I go, uh, I have enough space to put the bigger footprint tent down. Um, it's soft enough ground I can get everything in and, and do it the way, get all the stakes in and, and pitch it appropriately. Um, and then I just have space for days. I mean, you saw the tent when we went up last yeah. year. Yeah. The Onion 2GT. We had two dudes, gear, firewood. We had space to cook, get in and out. Um, it, it's a little extra, but that big vestibule, the GT, which is the extended vestibule on a, on a Hilleberg, for me, is life-changing. Um, well, and you think about guys that are like, well, that's heavy. Well, you've got two guys <laughs> splitting that weight. Yeah, so you know, good. It, it, it's actually less weight than almost carrying your own solo, floorless, or whatever that may be. We were just at two pounds each with that. Right. With, and, you know, and I think I carried the tent. And, you know, you carried some of the other gear that was like team gear or whatever. So we were able to divide it up to where we were two pounds each on a shelter, which is awesome. And we had full, you know, we had a, a, the full contained inner tent floor. We had everything we need. We didn't have condensation problems. Um, we had all the space for a gear to keep things down. We, we didn't have to like, you know, run tarps off it or anything like that. Uh, it, for me, that's just what I've been most comfortable with now when i run by myself that's probably a little much i'd really like to run like the nyack like you guys right. just picked up right. um but you know you when you're balling on a budget you got to make certain choices for me i have a tent that's going to work so i'm going to carry a little more weight um so that i can put money into some other priorities i have that just right. that i haven't filled that niche L like gas to get up to the yeah you, you forget to eat and buy food when you when you're, right. when you're right. so locked right. on. And I and like you just said, you know, Phil picked up the Nike, 
here recently, and I, and I just picked one up. I got it actually sitting here with us as we speak. Um, but I've run, you know, I run everything from, from cheap tents to floorless shelters to, we ran a teepee last year that, that Brandon built um, with a stove and then uh, a garage basically is what I used my paratarp for. Um, I, I've ran it all, you know, and I'm going to give the NIAC a, a run too, uh, probably next week when we go scouting the field. Um, and, you know, each situation for me is different. Um, so I want to have a versatile arsenal, I guess I call it. Um, a lot of people that that's, that's out of the realm, um, as far as, as far as money wise. And then I suggest, you know, finding that one that you like and sticking to that and spending your money, you know, spreading your money out, I guess. But I want to try a couple different shelters. Um, I'm going to run this tent, like I said, and then uh, I'll still, and I'm going to get another tarp as well, you know, to run a floorless shelter. So I have that, that arsenal. I hunt so many different areas and different types of terrain that each one calls for, you know, sometimes calls for something different, you know. Sometimes you, you need just space for a tarp in, in yourself, you know. But uh, I'm getting to the age where, you know, crawling out of that paratarp every morning gets a little tough after day three or four. It's uh, <laughs> My hips and my knees and my back don't uh, don't move as well as they used to, and getting cramps in the middle of the night and trying to trying to figure out how to get out of that is uh, is a bit difficult. But you know, there's there's guys that that do it and, and love it, and then there's the bivy wrap too. I've, I've done that as well, and I've got one of those in my arsenal. So and I it, hate that. It's been a it's I'm been, claustrophobic. I hate that. <laughs> it's been years and years, and, and this isn't all happening in one year. This has been years and years of, of collecting and, and figuring and trying and, and doing different things. And each have their pros, each have their cons, you know, and, and they each have their place. But yeah, that uh, that tight stuff gets gets a little hectic for, for some people. It's just not a not a good thing. Don't don't ever try and go pee in the middle of the night. That's <laughs> yeah. a miserable experience. There, there is um, there's something to being comfortable like when you have a storm come in or whatever it is and you're comfortable sitting that storm out and you're not just suffering through it the whole time you know you might get a little bored in a hellebert but i'm not wet i'm not cold right i'm not worried about moisture i'm not you know and it, that's a luxury i'll carry a little more weight for it. And, and that and that's a great point is is a lot of people it's a big drive in the industry right now is weight how much does everything weigh 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 yeah, it's important. You don't want to haul around extra weight, but at the same time, there, there's there's something to be said for a little bit of comfort, especially if you're going on, you know, five day, seven day longer hunts. You will hunt better, I guarantee it. On those later days when those those hunts are getting longer, if you're more comfortable in your shelter, you're more comfortable at camp. If you can rest your body and recover. That is a huge asset in the woods. Yeah, and, and I, I don't know. You know, last year we were weighing our packs before we all went on those sheep, my sheep hunt, and, and it was, you know, 40 pounds, 45 pounds, whatever. You know, that was, it was in that ballpark. And I started thinking about it. It's like I can shave things out of my system, my kit, and I can probably shave a few pounds off. But that's, that's kind of what I've felt comfortable with was that 40 to 45-pound range anytime I've gone in five, six days on a hunt. It just seems about, about the average weight. Right. And I started looking at it. It's like, you know what? If I just figure 10% more for comfort, if I, if I end up hauling an extra, instead of 40 or 42 pounds, if I'm at 46 pounds and I got a little bit more food, and I got a little bit more comfortable shelter, that, that 10%, it's, it's, it's manageable. Well, it's little things like 
I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, well, you know, why take a pillow? You know, use your fleece jacket. And I've woken up so many times. I'm going to use a jacket. And I am now converted to a pillow. Oh, I, man. And, it, and it's a little thing. That pillow, my neck isn't broken every time yeah. I wake up. Yeah. I sleep better. I am more rested. And so there's little things like I just invested 20 big bucks into a glassing pad. It's a big deal. When you don't yeah. rock up your ass, right. you can sit there for a lot longer. Right. You know, more comfortably willing to pick things apart. You know, I'd challenge everybody, you know, to think about that and say, okay, maybe if I train a little harder in this preseason, that those that extra 10% or whatever it is, weight that you're going to carry, won't matter for, for that comfort because no. you're trained for it. Yeah. So your body, it's not going to affect you, but after day five on, a, on an elk hunt, you'll notice a difference as far as your rest, you're more rested, you're more comfortable because you're getting that more, com- you're getting that comfort. In, in and, and let's think about how, I mean, for lack of a better term, how stupid and how foolish, you know, over being so overworked on weight is i mean are you going to walk up to a hunting situation and look at an animal and say that one's too big i don't want to shoot it because i'm gonna to have to carry it on the way well crap you're not going right. to do that right and i think another thing too is you've got to be aware of like what really matters so if i'm if i normally run a pack at 45 and i'm carrying a 65 pound pack in i'm like what is in there like what yeah. did I, like because i i just carried you know we went out fourth of july and and i'm getting my girlfriend in the backpack and thing and and um, so I carried most of the camping gear. Sure. So I took the, the brunt of that weight. You know, she took her necessities. And I was like, man, this thing's heavy. You know, I was like, man, yeah. I, can't, I noticed the difference going in. But you, you, know, you go from 40 to 43, 40 to 45. You know, it's, could, if I had two packs next to each other with the two different weights, could I probably tell? Probably not. Maybe. You know, maybe. Right. But even then, um, it's not going to be a game changer whether you kill that animal. And so you, you got to be... Um, within reason by all means but there's little things where you know a couple ounces here and a couple ounces here it's well worth it hey hey man i mean i think about it right and as far as i've come and and when i i didn't have anybody i didn't have a big brother that was that was coaching me along to say hey make this gear choice make that gear choice you know my dad we grew up rifle hunting wall tent and and horsebacking it in and that's what we did and so when that's I started luxury. doing... That's luxurious. It, it is, right? <laughs> but when I started venturing out and doing more bow hunting and, and solo hunting and packing in, my first little tent that I bought <laughs> was one of those little mini A-frame deals with two single tent poles. <laughs> you had to climb in and out of the top. I paid $25 for that tent. That's a deal. Right? And I tell you what, I got lucky that I never got a hard rain in that sucker. Condensation sucked. Yeah. But just think about you know where, where gear has come... And, and just the knowledge and being able to learn about these things. And it's so, I mean, there's so much information out there. Yeah. And that's and part of what we're trying to do here is you, just shed a little light on a few things. You don't have to learn all the lessons yourself no. the hard way. That, that is, like you were mentioning, having a group of guys to, to talk gear with. You can break it down in a way that, you know, I don't have to learn the lessons you learn the hard way with certain shelters in certain areas. I know that if I show up into the Songrays with, a you know, a big tension tent then I'm going to be screwed you know I'm I'm not going to be able to pitch that thing the way I want to and and it's and that but that goes back to scouting too knowing your area so if you're going to a new area and you run a certain type of shelter or or, or certain system whatever it may be 
And you look at it and you go, well, that system is not going to work for this area. I don't know where I'm going to do this. I don't know where I'm going to camp. I don't. You, you have to know that stuff beforehand. You don't want to walk in there the night before opening season or opening day and be like, well, where do I camp or where and what am I going to do here? You know, that, that goes back to scouting and, and to, to hit on your point, Grant, of, of having a group of people and learning from their mistakes or learning from their experiences that's that it you know that goes to a point but there's also you know just like we saw in the seminar tonight which if you guys watch you'll see we had three different what i consider hardcore backpackers or, or backpack hunting guys up there with aaron frank and, and colton and granted all of their stuff was very very similar some of them had different little bit different stuff for different reasoning yep. and it, it was in each personal thing and that's what you get down to your fine-tuned adjustments so that, and that's a great point and and so with that i'm gonna start winding this episode down but but grant you've got a you've got a scouting trip coming up you're heading out for right mm -hmm. yes sir. you're going for how many days uh, we'll be backpacking for about six six days so but you so you're going to be in there you're going there's a few you got a few new things you're testing out or is it pretty much all same gear you've had you know for the most part um i'm <clears throat> I've gotten pretty comfortable the last three or four years to where I've dialed in real close to everything. To, yeah, I, I mean it's I've done I got a new stove, but I've used it. I've used, my buddy had the exact same one. I used it for a year before I bought one. So you know, so I had the luxury of testing it out before I actually committed to the whole forty dollars that it was. Um, and you know, Braden and I we're going to be going next weekend on a little on a scouting trip. So you know, with this. You know, with with you guys specifically, and I know with Braden, we, we're going to touch on a few other things, just you know, all fitness related, and and you know, Grant, we we all work out, and you know, when we do our pack workouts, it's all part of the same group. So there's a lot of topics that we can all touch on and cover from a different perspective. But I think that what we're going to do moving forward is, you know, a catch up um, post scouting, right? So we can because a few things I'm testing out a few new pieces of gear. And from the optic side to the new tent, you know, we mentioned the Hilleberg Nyack. Braden and I are going to be each running those. Uh, and also, I'm going to be running exclusively first, first light stuff this year. So there's going to be some new gear that, that I'm going to be running. Uh, Braden's got a few new things. And, and Grant, you're, from your trip, I mean, it's, it's going to be for elk, right, that you're scouting? Yeah, I'm scouting. I'm trying to find my bowl. So, you know, it's going to be a pretty – we may even have to break it up into a couple episodes because all the – the, the topics that we're going to be able to cover from those trips, uh, we're going to be able to cover quite a bit. And like I said, if nothing else, shed a little light on what we're using. You know, we're not going to come to you from the perspective of this is the best and you should use this, you know, and the other stuff is junk. I might have stuff for sale. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be more from the side of, hey, you know, from our experiences, this is what we're discovering, this is what we're coming about. And then just you know talk a little bit about about what we what we see out there and, and how it went, but um, definitely focusing on some of the gear selection, some of the benefits from, from different types of gear. And, and Grant, maybe we may even get in, in the future more specifically to certain products as to uh, you know whether it's a you know whether it's a certain type of pant or a certain jacket that's more beneficial than another because of you know whatever the, the the waterproofing finish that they're using or you know the, the whatever the, the cut and the fit right and what i like to do more than anything is just give you i want to show you options and tell you what it does and yep. then from there you can figure out whether that clicks with the way you think the way you hunt uh, 
the environment you're in, there, there, there is no such thing as a right answer sure. with any of this gear. There, there really isn't, and it's important not to get caught up on that because um, 10 different guys are going to have 10 different clothing systems. But um, it's the same with archery equipment. You oh, know, yeah. it, when, we, when we set up a new customer with a bow, I try to put four or five different bows in his hand, and once they start telling us, yeah, I like this and I don't like that, and I, they narrow it down, well, now we can start teaching you as to what the benefits and what the features of that equipment are. And, and because you're telling us, I like the way this feels because of this, or I like that. So it's, it's a different, different category, but similar, similar concept, right? Absolutely. So Different tokes for different blokes, man. But once you, I mean, once you get into to, to the level of gear we're talking about, you know, you're looking at, you're not looking at bad gear versus good gear. You're looking at good gear versus good gear just what works with your style or what works with what you need it to work better your personal way so that that approach of showing you everything about this each piece is, is awesome because you get the chance to make that decision for yourself you're not choosing between something that's bad better or worse you're just choosing from something that's different yeah. and, and they're both going to be good just what works better for your style no 100 percent, man and like I said, and I'm excited. I just want to, you know, let you guys know that I appreciate uh, you guys agreeing to come on and, and contribute and, and just add another perspective and another element to, like I said, what we're trying to do is just help people out there, help bow hunters. And, and like you mentioned, Grant, you know, let, let some of you out there learn from some of the mistakes that we've made or maybe people we've interacted with. So, so we're not all making the same mistakes twice. We can just help each other out and, uh, you know, use that big community and that resource. So, uh, Grant, I mean, you think you're leaving in a, uh, two days? Yeah, Saturday night we're going to head out. So, good luck on that, man. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see how that turns out for you. Braden, we've got, like I said, we've got about a week and change before we head out. Um, but definitely going to be dialing some stuff in and, and getting, getting the gear list I'll probably, together. I'll probably get out this weekend and, and check some areas out and, and look for some different stuff. So, so test some stuff we're, uh, we're swapping pictures of, of big velvet animals <laughs> right. here in a little right, bit. Right, right, right. <laughs> Hashtag fuzzy rantlers, right? <laughs> fuzzy rantlers, yeah. Fuzzy rantlers, that's it. So As long um, as you guys aren't out there the night before opening night trying to set up a new tent in the dark, you know, that's what we're trying to prevent. Cause <laughs> I've been there, so I can say that, you know, and, and it's miserable but um, hopefully we, we prevent a couple people from do, having to do that and uh, yeah get out there or not that's it man for sure so you know appreciate everybody listening to the episode share it you know on social media or uh, you know give us a like or subscribe to the to the podcast on Podbean or iTunes and leave us a review we're going to be doing a giveaway here yeah, within the next week or so week and a half we're going to get uh, all five of the contributors myself uh, Caleb and Brandon, Grant and Braden. We're gonna do a. We're gonna get all of us on the podcast. We're gonna be talking about hunting in general, and and we're gonna introduce a, a few giveaways we got coming down. So make sure you keep a keep an ear out for that. That'll and be good stuff. That'll there, be, yeah. That'll there be you go, stuff. man. It'll it'll be good good time. So you guys got anything to close out with? No, just get out in the outdoors, yeah. man. It's that time. Um, get out there. Go see what you can see. We're all excited about hunting. Everyone. You know the hashtag, is it September yet? Is it September yet? Well, let's get prepared for September before we talk this, about it. So. This is hunting season. This, this is, is. Like, this you, is when, you, when you look at the guys that consistently come off the mountain, 
they're they're working just as hard now as they will in September. Yep. So that, yeah, that's this is this is when you put in the work. This is when this is when things get done and good things will happen if you set yourself up. So yeah. enjoy the ride. That's it. You know that that once that arrow leaves your bow or that bullet leaves your your gun, man, and that you know that it starts to become the beginning of the end. You know at that part of the process, and this this is the journey, like you said, right oh, now, man. Grant. This so, is what makes it fun. Right. Well, we're going to leave you guys tonight, and we'll be catching up with you soon. So uh, don't forget to check out the next podcast. See ya.